they're taking what you're saying to them, and they're hoping that you are what you talk. Let's be about everything we drop, because we're going to get tested on it. If, we, if, if the people on the street don't test us on it, God's going to test us on it. Kill the Mockingbird, Truth the Report, with Sean Chris and Sebastian Farr. Um, but yeah, I'm Vibe Queen Tamisha, and um, yeah, I have a podcast as well, so I really appreciate you having me on. But uh, yeah, I do have a lot of different perspectives, I guess you could say. I wasn't born and raised here. I came to this country as a teenager, so I've definitely seen a lot of different sides of the world, you could say. Um, but yeah, I guess you tell me where you'd like me to start. Well, I kind of wanted to start like this because I, I had watched one of your videos, um, and you were talking about how you experienced from, uh, I think, were you in Holland? I think, mm -hmm. yeah. So you said, I experienced in Holland that they didn't like me because of what, for this reason. And then I come to America like, whoo, all right, everybody's going to be loving me. And now they don't like me because of this other reason. And you're like, what? And then that kind of was where you were breaking down of like where you kind of saw um, the truth. Because I think a lot of people always talk about red pilling about like, oh, lizard people or ufos but like i think that the real red pill is being one with yourself and kind of looking at the world not in this uh perspective that they've painted for us you know like that oh you are uh you're jewish you're catholic uh you're muslim you're this race you're that all these labels and titles that have been given to us and we just use it because it's easy you know to keep doing the same old same old so like can you explain your experience uh, from over there to over here? Like, what was the like the difference, but also the similarities at the same time? Absolutely. So I'm biracial. My mom is white. She's German. My dad is uh, black. And so growing up in Holland, you know, uh, I didn't really see race as a child. You know, I see my mom. I see my dad. It was really other people that would remind me of my race. So growing up in Holland, um, you know, going to school, I was picked on. And I was picked on specifically because of my race. And so it was, oh, your big lips go back to Africa, your hair, your this. So, you know, when I would look in the mirror, I didn't necessarily think I was ugly or I was unattractive. I was kind of like, you know, why, why am I getting picked on? But I stood out like a sore thumb because I think I was one of maybe five black kids in my entire school. You know, I grew up in a part of Holland. I, I didn't grow up in Amsterdam. I grew up in the, in the southern part of Holland. It was a lot of farmland. So it's like the equivalent of like a small town in America. So it wasn't very diverse, you know. So I'm giving this to you to give you some context because of my story. So this is just my life experience. This is not to say that everybody in Holland is racist or anything. I'm also 35. So I grew up in the early 90s. So I'm just giving you some context. So I was severely bullied. When I would come home, my mom would say, oh, they're just jealous. They want to be like you. So it's like, okay, so now I'm getting this program as a child of her telling me, you know, kids are jealous. They want to be like you. But, you know, I'm not hearing that when I go to school. And I was beat up after school. So the bullying I received wasn't very minor. It was pretty severe. So coming to this country at 14, I was incredibly excited to leave Holland. And although I appreciate the education I got there, and you start high school when you're 12 in Holland. So, you know, I was pretty much... I don't want to say I was advanced coming here, but a lot of the subjects that I uh, started studying there, I was, you know, it was kind of like a review for me. But English at that point was then my third language. So coming to this country and I came to New Jersey, super diverse, complete melting pot. You know, I definitely didn't stand out as far as my looks, 
but I, the way I spoke, the way I carried myself, it's like the people that then picked on me, unfortunately, was predominantly black people. And they're like, oh, you're trying to be white. You're trying to fit in. You're trying to be this. And I, and I was so confused because I'm like, wait a minute. I was just told the complete opposite growing up. And so I kind of just had this mindset when I came to this country because I'm an artist. I want to be a singer. I want to be a performer. I don't really care what anybody thinks. I was able to survive getting beat up, getting picked on, you know, coming home with literally cuts and bruises. I'm coming to America. I'm going to work my ass off. I'm going to become whoever I put my mind to. So, you know, once I uh, got into high school and college, I joined every team and I just, you know, I just believe in hard work. And so I didn't really care what people thought of me. I just figured whatever you put, what whatever efforts you put in, that is what you're going to get out of it. And so that was just kind of the immigrant mentality that I then, you know, absorbed. And so to kind of answer your question with all of the stuff that has been going on this past year in 2020, and then the rabbit hole I went down and to then see the BLM movement and the race war, it's just to kind of compare it to my experience, it was just kind of like, wait a minute, how are we a racist country? Like I experienced extreme racism as a child in Europe. I did not experience that here. And I was pulled over in a car with another black man in a very, in Newark, New Jersey, which isn't the greatest, you know, city. And we were pulled over by a white cop. The driver at the time forgot his license. We simply just complied. We were, you know, we didn't, resist and I ended up driving home like nobody was brutally assaulted nothing happened so I have all of these examples in my own life that time I talk to people about this and they try to deny my life experience and say well you're the exception to the rule you don't understand oh you're biracial oh but you're light-skinned it, it gets very frustrating because it's like well how many times am I the exception to the rule just because I have a conservative outlook for the most part you know my black voice doesn't count or doesn't and so it just became, that just kind of became the ongoing theme in 2020. So hopefully that kind of uh, answers your question. Yeah, I, I can relate a little bit in, in, in a way because, like, for me, I, I grew up in a predominantly Mexican neighborhood. So, like, obviously, like, you know, you catch the lingo. Sometimes people say, like, how I talk or, like, you don't notice it, but people notice it, obviously. But, like, I was always, like, I didn't like a lot of white people because I was like, oh, they got money. Fuck these white. You know what I mean? Like, so, like. It's just weird because like I, it, what I learned from it is that it's just these labels because in this area, they might just be shitty people, regardless of who they are. They're just shitty people. And, and, and until we can kind of like put it together of uh, stop calling it out of this and that, because when they say, oh, this community, the black and brown community, where's the community? The community is all of us. Like you're saying that there's a specific, no, then. Just address the needs to, for of everybody. If you raise the quality of life, everybody will be, guess what? You eliminate violence and crime. It's proven through history. And it's so easy, but if you've noticed this whole, um, they're playing identity politics. Sorry about that. <laughs> identity politics. But that kind of started growing after the Occupy Wall Street movement. And if you notice, after the Occupy Wall Street movement, everything kind of broke off though, right? They used like this to divide everybody. And that's how you got Antifa's and you got the Boogaloo boys and you got, you know what I mean? More people going towards the maybe white supremacy, whatever group that they, but they broke them apart because then it was better because now they have these groups to fight each other. And I think if we drop the labels and start getting like, what I'm saying is the real truth is that look, we're, are, we're all the same, really. We're unique in our own uh, 
ability because I say there's no such thing as equality because I think each human is, is, uni is unique in its own. Like we're in our own creation. We have a lot of similarities and we, and we just think that there's these groups and we get into these group things of like, oh, I'm a conservative or I'm a liberal or I'm a, I'm a libertarian. I, I, why can't we just be me? I'm, I'm Sean, man. That's it. Like, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and I absolutely agree. And it's so funny. Like the more I, I started talking to other people and especially to other black and brown people, and the only reason I'm saying the label is to, to uh, in this context of the conversation is that the one thing I did recognize is that everybody has their own experience and I'm not denouncing or denying that racism doesn't exist. And I experienced it myself. And so that doesn't mean that, you know, there can be an individual out there that may have been pulled over by the police and they had that experience. But let's look at the full context. Were you respectful? Did you resist arrest? You know, what was going on? So you have to look at the full picture, right? And so when you then go down that rabbit hole and when you then dig a little bit deeper of, you know, who's behind BLM, what is the, the greater narrative of what they're trying to push? Why are they only highlighting, you know, um, uh, the, the, the crimes that, like, why is a murder of a black man only important if it's done by a white person? And why is that being advertised? Look at the timeline of 2020 with, you know, the virus. So, so it's, it's always like, you have to look at the full picture, not at the, at the, at the one incident. And so, and that's the thing that became, you know, very frustrating for me. And I think for a lot of quote unquote truthers and red pillars that when you try to, you know, expose that, that as a, as an isolated incident, you sound crazy. Right. And so that's why we call it a rabbit hole because it really, and so even when you look at movements like, you know, QAnon and all of those things, and that's another reason, like in my blog, I didn't even talk about QAnon at all because I, I recognize that that's just putting another label on it. But the beauty of movements like QAnon and whatnot is that if you actually take the time to research everything as a whole, you come to these conclusions because you're thinking for yourself. Now, do I believe every single thing? Absolutely not. I use discernment. But you can very quickly see there is a theme running. And now when you look at what's happening with our current president, I'm not I'm not in denial, right? I'm not one of those people who's going to just say, oh, he's not my president. Well, of course, I'm not favorable to who's in office, but I can accept who has been sw sworn in, right? But at the same time, I'm also starting to recognize, and that's why I'm really glad you have me on, and we're kind of looking at this from a lens of like red pill therapy, right? Maybe, maybe this was part of what was necessary, right? So, for example, sometimes people won't awaken until they see the other side. And so maybe having a Biden-Harris administration is what is necessary. I mean, we call Trump a dictator because he wrote how many executive orders? But look at what's happening now. So it's almost like, look at the hypocrisy. I know the death rates in Chicago, which is where I reside, have gone up, but yet now we want to reopen. How not say this is not political. How? Just tell me how. So it's just very interesting that, you know, if Trump were to have been reelected, maybe those people would not have woken up. So this is a unique opportunity and maybe it was necessary. It's so. funny you said that because I literally posted that before, like the, I think it was right before the election. I was like, well, maybe it's like, or like during the election, I was like, it could be a blessing in disguise because even the people that uh, it would put other people that were already kind of getting a little bit of weight. Because me, on my belief, I believe they all are corrupt. I believe they're all in on it. Like I'm just not. Perhaps. I don't. I don't. I don't trust any of them. But I also don't like uh, disregard anybody's uh, 
view because obviously I don't have all the answers. You know what I mean? So I always like to like hear everybody's perspective. As far as like BLM, I was disappointed because I thought they had a, a, a opportunity. When I saw it, I was like, this is an opportunity. And I was like, great. This is going to get everybody together. I thought in my mind, I thought this was it. Okay, we're good. Every, I thought this was the moment that everybody's going to realize, oh, we're in a police state. Oh, my God. We're all – they're against all of us. And I was like, finally, but it didn't. It, and then plus, like, when I would always argue about it is because I've been arguing about police brutality for decades. Like, we've been talking about this. We've experienced it. We've seen it. Like, that's just from my lived experiences. But – these, they weren't talking about things that I thought they should be. They weren't talking about ending uh, mandatory minimums. They weren't talking about, uh, you know, the crime bill. They weren't talking about um, ending the war on drugs, like things that we've been advocating for some people like us for a long time. And it, and it was very uh, like because they're like defund. And I'm like, OK, I understand defund, but like you're going to defund it and then you're going to have the government rebuild it. Like that doesn't make any sense. So you said that this government is racist and systematically racist. Right. OK, cool. Then you're going to have them rebuild it? Don't you know that they're going to make it even worse? Like, I don't get it. Like, I just, that's the parts that I didn't get. And I was like, see, that's, this is what always happens because our movements are not really movements. They're just a bunch of angry people. And like I said, it all comes from the Occupy Wall Street. They confused us. Then they, we were a little bit feeling a little bit happy for a little bit. You know, the economy. Because no matter what, this economy, this bubble was going to burst. This has been a thing for a while. And I believe they're going to blame it on the Reddit guys. They're going to be like, oh, Reddit ruined the stock market. Now nobody can do free trade. Watch. Like, I believe that. But I think that, like, people need to, like, I always thought the BLM should have been more, um, like, trying to get people. You want people on your side, right? If I'm going to run for president, I'm not going to, like, cuss you out because why are you going to vote for me, right? You're going to be like, man, I'm going to vote for that asshole. Like, so the, people don't want to get people on their side and meet in the middle anymore. It's I'm right or that's it. So I was like, I think we need that truth more of like, hey, I know I have my biases. You have your biases. So let's meet in the middle. And I think if we can start getting that and having conversations of like, okay, we're not going to agree on everything. But what do we do if we agree on? Yeah, I, I hear you. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, for me, I think what awakened me because, you know, I, I lived in New York before I moved to Chicago. Both are liberal states. And so I was very much for lack of better words, brainwashed and not like Trump. And I wasn't even into politics. This is the funny thing. I, I'm, I'm an artist and not to put artists in, in a box, world was music. You know, my world was music. That's all I really focused on. I didn't really care for politics. I wasn't trying to be a politician. I'm still not. And so I didn't really, that wasn't really on my radar. You know, my dad, my dad, he's a lifelong Republican. I was almost embarrassed. Like, oh my God, Trump supporter and he's black. Oh my God, this is crazy. So my dad would try to talk to me about politics and I'm like, oh, I don't care. And so when 2020 happened, I think everybody became interested in politics. I mean, it was based. And so not until I started doing my own research and asking questions, literally just asking common sense questions like, wait, why do we hate this guy again? Because he tweets things, because he said some things that were politically incorrect. All right. But why do we actually hate him? Why is the orange man so bad? Like, let me just actually do my own research. And so once I started doing that, that's really when I recognized, like, okay, this is an agenda. Like, you guys are something that, you know, and regardless, and I respect your opinion, regardless if they're all bad, whatever, I just recognized there was a play at play. And Yeah, you knew, you noticed there was a pattern. You've seen a pattern. Exactly. And so for me, that was enough to then send me down the other rabbit holes. And, you know, you, you know, once you go 
un, you go down yeah. all of them. For sure, because it's like, because then it's like questioning everything. Because now what you originally thought was uh, now it's it's that's why people go, oh man, you heard of this, but I think that you gotta like slowly decipher everything because obviously there is things that we don't know. I look at everything at the perspective of it's possible, but I don't know for sure. I can't say I don't for sure, but I can see I can perceive it because obviously if you're vividly giving me this description of it, it seems pretty real. So I can. I'm I'm 50% there, but I'm not there yet. You know, there's some, and people get upset with that, but I'm like, it's because you, you're so rooted into what you believe. Why are we rooted into that? There's no need for that. Well, this is the thing, and I'm glad that you brought that up because, you know, as I've been on my own journey um, of, of truth and awakening, the biggest misconception on a spiritual journey, or even just on an awakening journey, is that you feel that once you're woke, that's it. No, no. That is not it. That is just like the tip of the iceberg. And I was actually, you know, just watching a training before I hopped onto this. And I just want to give this parallel because the parallel that she made for um, entrepreneurship and the NBA, I think it's applicable to what I'm about to, to break down for you now. And so basically she said the, the comparison that she gave was that when you make $100,000 for the first time as a business, you feel like you've made the NBA championship. The truth is you just made it into the NBA. That's it. You just you're just now stepped foot into the league. Yeah, you can you can turn up, you can have a victory, but you're now just competing with the big and the big girls, whatever, right? So not until you make a million dollars, now you're like, okay, you're getting there. Once you make like a couple million, now you're in the championship. So the same thing with your awakening journey, you know, to, to, to claim, oh, I'm woke. I'm more woke than you. It's like, no, you've just unraveled one layer of truth. Welcome. Okay. So now you need to just keep, keep, keep having an open mind. And, you know, the next thing that will happen are all those spiritual traps. And so it's something I talk about on the podcast. And I had uh, one of my guests on there, Ryan J. Burton. He has a podcast coming out soon as well. And, you know, he just really opened my mind to this. And there's an actual term for it. And it's you become an evangelist for things. And so people become an evangelist for the keto diet or they become an evangelist for I'm a vegan or an evangelist for, oh, red pill, which is what I became. And become like this, like evangelist, like my way is the way. And if you don't subscribe to that, I can't talk to you. I'm going to unfollow you. Oh, you support Trump? I can't talk to you. You're a conservative and you're black. Oh, you're not the right black person, vibe queen. I'm not. I can't work with you. Oh, oh, I'm gonna can't. Oh, for sure. Right. It, that's what. That's like they're like, and that's what I mean. They're so rooted into, and they're because they're so invested, and I get it. They they they've researched so much, or they or they've thought about it so long, and they've like convinced that, and they don't want to look foolish or be wrong. They're worried about, and I'm like. And I look at it like I don't care because I don't I already know that I don't know. Like so since I already know I don't know, it doesn't bother me. I'm like, oh good, like, oh you have some information. Because I look at it like this. Every single person I've ever talked to gives me a bit of information, some more than others. Some give me more information and that they let me uh, process it and then I can go further. But when you're stuck and you go, no, 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 you don't believe that. And we've gotten so, so far bad. On, like, I never thought, like, I would joke about it. And we, I remember the movie Idiocracy came out and we were like, ah, yeah. yeah. Like, we never thought. And now we're like, wow, man, what, like, geez, like, what is going on? Like, people are really like, man, people don't even know that there's 50 stars on the United, the, the flag. 
Like, if you see people, like, they go, hey, how many flat, uh, stars are, I don't know, like, 47, 48. They're like, wow, man. Like, it's just like people don't care. They just start living. And sometimes that's what it seems. And then they just hop on these, like, uh, I call it, like, you know, if you ever watch South Park or The Simpsons or any of those, when they get mad, they just go, ah, yeah. Like, you know, that's how I feel like America is. Like, every country is, like, just people don't even know why they're mad. They're just like, oh, man, there's a big mob. Let's just, yeah, we're with you, man. And, like, let's burn it down. And then they don't even know because they're just, because you're already angry. So I'm like, if we focus more as humans and, and and how we react right like i tell my one friend i go so there's two things that can happen right you walk into a liquor store there's a dude he's kind of looking at you maybe he's having a bad day and you bump into him right you could go and if he goes man what and if he says something to you you could say something back and an altercation could occur right or you could be like my bad man and then talk, and then crack a joke or say something else diffuse the situation maybe you just improved his day instead of improving his day if you go the other way, you ruin two days. So why not just try to do the other way and it's not going to hurt you. And if it doesn't work, nine times out of ten, it's going to work. There, Every now and then there's somebody that's not. But if you talk, because I do it all the time. I crack jokes to people and you would, sometimes you'll be like, they'll be like, oh my God, it looks like they just needed that. You could just tell because everybody's just so, all right, thank you. Yep. Robot, oh, oh, thank you. And you're like, and I'm just like talking shit like, man, I bet you're ready to go home or like, you know what I mean? Like they're like, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> And people uh, want pilot that. Or we're in our ego. And so just to be able to break that spell with kindness or humor, um, I think is, is key. So absolutely. Yeah. And I love what you said before as well is you don't know what you don't know. That is huge. That is huge. Absolutely. And um, I think that once we can recognize that we all have programs running within us, I have programs running within me too. You know, it's, it's becoming conscious of the fact that, um, you have that going on. Just that awareness alone and living your life with awareness and just being more aware moment to moment. The more you can be aware in all of your actions and just being present, the more you're going to recognize that you are, um, you, you, have, you have control and you can make different choices because then you can take that moment to pause when you're in that liquor store or wherever and make a different choice. Because if you are on autopilot and you typically have a short fuse, and you typically react out of like, oh, right? If you are present and aware, you can then make that different choice and say, you know what? It's not a big deal. I'm not going to react that way. You know? So it's all about being present in the in the now. So Yeah, that and, and trying to keep our emotions in check. Because I know that for me personally, I can only speak on personal uh, experiences. Like I could be the most logical person, but if I'm in fear or I'm angry or I'm emotional, I'm not making the most logical decisions. Like, you know what I mean? Like then, then you're like... So I think it's like, just like, I think that's another strength. I've always said, I don't understand why we don't learn about emotions in school, like what emotions are and like how to actually like release emotions and when it's a good time, because it is something you have to do. I think that we're not taught that, especially as men, like men are not like, and more now it's a little bit different, but, and I don't mean you have to be like uh, sensitive to everything. It means that you need to release that emotion and let it go, whatever it is, anger, whatever, let it go. And then now go move on. It's gone. It's out of here. But when, it seems like we have a lot of, like, as a country, as a whole, as maybe a species, all of this, like, hanging, anxiety, anger, fear, you know, and it's just like we, we all have it together. And it's just, like, spreading and spreading and spreading. And the only thing we can do, and I, I mean, me too, like, sometimes it gets to me. Like, I'm just like, I'm, 
you know someone and i'm like that's it i'm gonna say a stupid comment to this person like you know what i mean like for no reason for no reason. That's it. I'm attacking them. And then I got to check myself like, well, what's the point of that? Like, what am I get? What am I solving? I'm supposed to try to solve. So it's, I'm at my own battle, but my battle is I want to unite everybody as much as possible because I feel like we all, we're all after the same goal, right? We all, I say this all the time. We all just want to have a good life to where we can either follow our dream, career, whatever it is, have our family, whatever that may be, take care of them. And go on like you know trips and stuff and see the world. That's about it. And almost that's pretty much like ninety five percent of the world. And like it, you don't, yeah, and just have happiness. But why? Like why is it so hard? You know what I mean? Like why do we let these complex systems take over us? Like we're like we need these people to tell us what to do because we don't know what to do. And I'm like what? Like I get like you know someone running government to like keep things going, like to make sure we can trade and. That's all it should be. All these extra regulations, we need to be as people. We need to stop thinking like, because I also see a lot of, you know, altercations with cops. Well, why are you calling the cops? Because you know what? I don't call the cops. I don't need them. I, I can solve, especially if it's to do with my family. Like if my family, there's no way. If I'm having a fight with my brother, well, guess what? We're going to fight each other and then we're going to go inside and we're going to go get, have a drink or something because there's no way I'm going to call the cops. I say, you got to also get yourself out of those habits. Stop depending on somebody else to do stuff for us because they're not going to they, because they don't care you're you're bringing some guy that's good like okay i get paid 35 to fifty thousand dollars a year he only got that job because he's like ah, i know it pays pretty good and i can have a pension you know what i mean not everybody i'm i'm generalizing obviously but now you want him to put his life on the line because you guys are arguing like you know what i mean like no way man like he's not going to that that's going to be more likely that he's going to do the wrong thing and especially when you give them the wrong tools like you're like i got a taser and a gun okay which one are you going to use you know what i mean like it's like come on man like and, and i don't even get a lot of this like because because i'm against a lot of it that's why like the blm like it's like half and half because i do agree with a lot of their issues because i've experienced it i've seen it you know what i mean like and I think that they focused on the wrong issues. I think police brutality would have been more. And I think they should have more emphasized on all the police brutality because it happens to a lot of people. There's a ton of people that get like, it's just this thing that I, I think the worst thing for humans is the worst drug is power. So, and a lot of officers get that. I've experienced it where they're just, they know they're above you. They think that you're just some they already profiled you to think that you, whatever you are, right? Depending on what area you're in. And they're like, oh, you're in this area. So obviously you're a scumbag. Like, they don't well, know me. But, well, I'm just saying from my experience of what, right. what, what these areas that I've been. So is that the slogan is, and the name of the organi organization is Black Lives Matter. The word cop is not in it. And so the focus should be on that. Black Lives Matter. So why do black on black crime? Why does that not matter? That is the highest ratio of crime in Chicago, but yet those lives don't matter. That's what I don't understand. Why is the focus only on that? That's what I don't understand. And then when you dive into deeper on who actually founded Black Lives Matter, what is their ideology? It's a Marxist ideology. Then go down that rabbit hole. What is Marxism? Who is funding it? So that's why I'm saying you need to dive in a little bit deeper. And it's a brilliant name for the organization because black lives matter isn't only the name of their organization it's also an ideology talking about a race of course black lives matter of course all lives matter of course your life matters like it's like duh 
And then it's like, well, all lives can't matter until black lives matter. And then you get into this whole thing. And it's like, you're then fighting with your mom and you're fighting with your friends. Like you're dividing the country from the inside out. And there's a fantastic video by this man. His name is Yuri. Forget his last name. But he basically breaks down, and this is in my blog series, he basically breaks down that it takes 30 years to reprogram a generation. And that's exactly what is happening with our country. And you have to do it from the inside out. And that's exactly what the Black Lives Matter um, movement uh, implemented. And so it's, it's a long conversation to have, and it's, it's pretty much what I broke down in that blog series. That's really what I was kind of like really focusing on in 2020. I'm just trying to get people to read the blog. But I do think that they do have fair arguments because, like I said, like the whole, you know, uh, situation with the CIA and the cocaine in Nicaragua, you know, what I mean, the the, the crack epidemic in L.A., like, you know, uh, the Tikigi experiments, like uh, that's why I'm saying there is like a lot of gripe that I get. Like, but there's some things that like here's a story. I, I wish I could remember her name. Um, I was I heard this on the Jimmy Dore show, but he was showing it's an old like interview. Uh, I think it was in the 60s or 70s and it was in uh, Las Vegas. Right. So there was a, a black civil rights leader and then there was like they were uh, uh, protesting for uh, some welfare thing. And then there was also a KKK leader, but they were also protesting for this uh, welfare thing because they cut off the checks. Right. So this affected both. So the lady goes over, the black uh, 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 civil rights lady goes over there and she talks to They're like, you're going to go talk to him? She's like, you know what? Yeah. Well, obviously they're in the same situation as us. And that, and the guy was kind of like super racist to her. And then she goes, doesn't matter, bro. Like, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. But she was like, it doesn't matter. We both are. If you don't get your check, I don't get my check either. So why, why don't, and guess what? They stood on the same line and they shut down the highway. And guess what happened? They got the checks. Right. Because now they're going, because that's always been the fear because they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now they're now they're together because they're not fighting each other. And that's why I believe that a lot of these things that obviously there is racism because people and, and people copy because people are copycats, you know. But a lot of these big instances have been psyops. Like I believe to this day, like a uh, Black Wall Street was a super psyop. You know why they why they wanted them to burn down Black Wall Street? Because they were making more money than the uh, the United States government. And they can't have that. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. And so they have to, and they can't just go in there. Just like we do in war. When you go, you can't just, uh, they don't just go and be like, oh, man, Syria this. They got to be like, oh, well, you know, we got to declare war because Syria, they're, the guy gassed them. And, you know, they make up lies. Like every, almost every war we've been into is is lies. And I think that it's, that's what I was saying, like, these movements are like misguided because they festered. They were one, the Occupy Wall Street movement was just a bunch of angry people. And then from that movement, when they broke it apart with all these, uh, this identity politics and saying, you know, the preferring to like all these social justice, like warrior things, like empty, uh, uh, like I think it's such a slap in the face. They're like talking about putting uh, Harriet Tugman on the $20 bill. And I'm like, and you're about to go to digital currency? Like what a what a dick move. Like like that to me that's a dick move. Like and I'm just like it's all these empty gestures. Like, okay, that's good that they did that, but they're not doing anything to improve the quality of your life. That's what matters. It doesn't matter because all that other stuff will go away. But it won't go away is if we keep getting treated shitty. 
if we keep getting treated shitty, then we're all going to be fighting. And why are we fighting each other? Because together we're strong. And, and we, we don't have a lot of differences. We make up these differences. You know what I mean? We make up these things. Oh, I can't get along with them. because Why? You can get along with them. You, you might listen to the same music. You don't even know. You might like the same comedy. You don't know. Like, there's everybody I've ever met. Like, there's people, like, that were for Trump that people would never expect. And then I have people that voted for Biden that you'd be like, what? Like, it's like you don't know people. And they, they, all this projecting and trying to create these images of what we think people have to be needs to end. And I think if we just let people in. And we start with respect and empathy. You have respect and empathy, it goes a long way. You respect the person, you hear each other out, and most of the time you, you realize you do have the same, uh, the same arguments, and guess what? You can, you can find an answer now. Because now they've figured out, oh, you know, you've been talking about this. Well, what if you did this? Oh, thanks. Now you've connected the dots for me. But we're, we're burning down all these bridges right now. Like, and, and I get it. It's because we, got so, we made this so polarizing, this, especially this last election. We made it into this thing where it's like, yeah, my guy. And I'm like, those aren't our guys. Those, I say, why are you fighting your family and cussing out your family and friends for a guy that doesn't even know your name? Doesn't even know your name. You know what? If he, of course we want him to do good because it affects all of us. But we just don't think he's going to do good. And I, don't, I, we, I feel like we're already seeing he's not doing good. And I think, but like you said earlier, that that's what we need. Sometimes it has to get worse before it can get better. So if people need to see the, the effect that both sides can't get it done, whether Trump's good, bad, I don't, I don't argue that fact. The fact is that, that there's been something wrong with our government for a long time. And I would say, argue that since 9-11. And since 9-11, everything kind of changed. And our government really kind of got bigger and got more disconnected from the people. They are so far away from us. They have no idea what our wants and needs are. A few of the representative claim to know, but they just do it because they're careerists and they just say what they got to say to keep getting voted in and nothing happens because the progressives have been pushing for Medicare for all for a long time. That's how they got voted in. And Jimmy Dore, uh, the comedian, he pushed this whole uh, force to vote. Uh, and his uh, idea was, hey, don't vote for Nancy Pelosi unless she uh, uh, pushes for Medicare for all. And I don't agree with Medicare for all, but their constituents wanted them to vote for that, right? So you would think that they would go, okay, this is a perfect move. We have leverage. Guess what they did? They voted for Nancy Pelosi, every single one of them. So to me, that just proves that they're, 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 just, they're just as bad as the people they talk crap about. They're like, oh, the Republicans. I'm like, you did the same thing. Like, so this hip, this, uh, these hypocrites just, just really irritate me. And I think that's why we get so mad, us, because they're being hypocritical to each other. So it like so then we come down and we bun heads because we're like no 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 our guy said this and they're like no no like and I'm like dude but it doesn't matter like we need to tell them they don't tell us we tell them like that's how it works like they're 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 just our representatives they're we're like hey do this and I think we need to get back but we've gotten lazy because we want people to just do it for us. We want them to fix our problems. Hey, uh, I'm going to vote in, blah, 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 because he said he's just going to give us money and the roads are going to be fixed and everything's going to be... And I'm like, that's not how it works. You have to keep everything, the checks and balances of your mayor, your city council. Who's doing what? Because the, why pay taxes if they're just going to do stuff you don't want them to do? Like, and I think that, like, I don't know how we get out of that because I always talk a lot on here, too, about one of the problems, which you said, like ego and all this, like, um, 
idolizing of people. Like uh, they idolize celebrities, politicians. And I, I don't know what your view is on this. And like my view is like how, I think that that has caused a lot of the problems because that's what solidifies these tribes, you know, because they look at these uh, Beyonce's or the AOC's or even like Ted Cruz's. Like it doesn't just go with like the left. It goes on the right as well that they can do no wrong and they don't hold them accountable. How do how do we break away from that? Um, yeah, it's a great question. And that's why the way I look at it, you know, and I kind of want to, I'm only bringing up Trump and this will lead to my, to answer your question is that hate him or love him. He woke up a lot of people. And the thing that people don't seem to, to realize is that Trump is one, a businessman and two, an entertainer. Okay. People don't seem to recognize that he had a hit show, The Apprentice. I read his book. I read his book, one, because I was curious to get to know who the man was and how he was thinking. This was actually before I uh, supported him. I didn't vote for him uh, four years ago. I actually voted for Jill Stein because I didn't like Hillary. But I voted for him this time. Me too. <laughs> I voted for him this time um, just based off of everything that I you know, researched and whatnot. But reading his book, I recognize that he's a businessman. He's a salesperson. He's an entertainer. Right. And so seeing all of the things that, that that go on and even the way he answers things and the denouncing of the QAnon and all of that, it's like he's a showman. And so love him or hate him. He woke a lot of people up. And so I appreciate that. And so regardless of, you know, if you support him or not, if you look at the facts as well and the things that he has done for our country and you look at our economy and what he's actually done for the black community versus the Obama administration, he's done a lot of good. And I'm a big person. I look at facts. And when you actually look at on paper, he's kept his promises. And so I respect that, you know, so I just wanted to say that. Now, to answer your question, this is like, this is a whole other rabbit hole. But when it comes to celebrities, you know, again, you can choose to believe this or not. But when I did my own research and I was also married to someone in the music industry and saw a lot that has come to light, I already kind of knew about the secret societies and all of these things. I had firsthand experience with a lot of these things and I was pretty naive back then. And I kind of just like swept it under the rug because I just didn't want to believe it was true. And, you know, after leaving that person, I just kind of closed my eyes and ears and just pretended like none of that stuff happened and just was like, well, that was another life. And so going down that rabbit hole, recognizing that those things then were true and then Diving that deep and realizing what those rituals and sacrifices entailed, which I didn't even know the extent of it, even when I was married. And I'm not saying that this person was involved with it. I just knew rumors of it um, only confirmed for me then that it was then, in fact, true. And that is my own personal experience. So I'm not here to convince anyone, but to, to have that connection personally that's all the proof I needed. So I was just like, whoa, this shit is real. So for me, I just, I did a mass unfollowing. I don't listen to a lot of those artists that are associated with that. I just, it makes me sick to my stomach. I went through my own grieving process. That's the only way I can describe it, where I just literally made a vow to myself that I just can't support those artists or listen to their music. And I just, I just won't subscribe to it. And I literally cried and it's like two weeks. And I just was like, I can't support their music or their artistry. And it was hard. Like, these people really do this? This is, this is, you know, how can you wrap your head around it? 
But I'm in a place now where I judge no one, not even those people, not even the lowest of the lowest. Nothing is either good or bad. Everything just is. And I know that sounds crazy. And I know some of you may be looking at me like, what? But I just, I judge, I judge nothing or no one anymore. We are all one. I know that sounds esoteric and hippy-dippy right now, but it's once you get to a level of just as things keep unfolding for you, you start to recognize that everybody is just an extension and a piece of you. And I know that sounds really, really crazy, but it just, it just is. And so I, I accept that there is evil out there. You know, that's what we label it. It doesn't mean I condone that behavior. It doesn't mean that I don't think those people, you know, should should do what they're doing, obviously. Um, I, you know, but at the same time, I just, I don't, I don't judge it. So, but I also don't allow it in, into my, into my field. I don't talk about it. I don't entertain it. You know, I acknowledge it exists, but that's it. And so that's kind of what I encourage other people to do as well. And so the spiritual trap that I found myself in, especially when I was writing the blog, is that I would just spend hours watching this stuff. And just, you know, filling my brain with these documentaries and things. And it's kind of like, it's not that I'm saying you shouldn't watch it. I think it's important to educate yourself. Like when you watch those documentaries, like Out of Shadows and Fall of Cabal and those things. I think it's important to, to, to know what's out there. But then once you know, that's it. Like you can focus on the positive and focus on what you can control in your life. You know, if you're an entrepreneur, focus on building your business. If you're a musician, focus on your art. If you're... You know, in school, focus on your grades. If you're... Well, because, like, it's the same, like, uh, well, for instance, like, for me, everything, life is perspective, right? Your perspective is different than my perspective. We can have some uh, similarities or some ex shared experiences or whatever, uh, whatnot, but it's all perspective. So, like, obviously, that could be bad to you, because I always say that, like, when they talk about religion, like, okay, this is the right religion. What's the right religion? Because if I was born in uh, this country and I was born Muslim, and that's all I know, I'm all my family, and someone's like, hey, man, you need to be Christian. And I'm like, what? No, man. Everybody, my grandpa, like, all the people I respect and love are Muslim. So why? why you're going to tell me I'm wrong? And that's, like, what I feel like everything is. And, like, if we understand that it's perspective and, and you respect other, that's why I always say respect. So if you, I respect your perspective because I know that, hey, I can, my, your experience is different from my experience, that how we live life. So I have to understand that. And then I give you the empathy of trying to relate to you and be like, oh, okay, that does make sense. Oh, that would suck. Oh, man, I could I try to put myself in that person's position so that I can see, like, okay, yeah, wow, I wouldn't want like that either. Oh, I can see why that would be shitty for you. And then if I can relate it to one of my experiences and that's how we connect. But I just feel that we've boxed ourselves out to where we don't. like. And, and as far as like the, the those uh, documentaries and stuff like that, I think that like you also have to take it as with a grain of salt. Like some, some maybe we can't say everything is factual. I think people run with it. That's why I think it's on both sides, whether you're against conspiracy theories or against truthers, whatever you want to be, you're gonna, or, or for it you're too again too rooted and you're like no 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 that's wrong so they say everything's wrong without actually looking but at the same time people are like no i'm right 100 percent you're like are you sure though you're not sure now you do have good evidence that could lead it but it's not factual evidence that because if it was then a lot more people would be able to believe like something like now we're getting to that level now in the world that maybe that is going to change where there's a lot of deep fakes and like stuff like that, where maybe we won't be able to tell anymore because a lot of people are saying Biden. I don't know if you've seen that, you know, the, right. the mask, yeah. like, 
now. I mean, I take all of that, though, because I've been into this for a long time, since, like, 9-11. I was in high school 9-11, you know, and I was like, oh, my God. At first, I was like, I'm going to the Marines. I was a senior in high school, and I was like, I'm going to the Marines. I'm going to kill all of them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Because, like, we were so hyped up. We're like, and I'm telling you, that was such unity at that time. Everybody, every race, we're like, you all right over there? All right, American. Everybody was American right then. But, of course, then people also treated a lot of Muslim people pretty shitty. Or anybody, even, like, uh, 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 my my in, uh, people from India and some of my Indian homies that like would be like, hey man, I even fucking <laughs> like, like I'm not even Muslim, because <laughs> people are dumb. They're just dumb. You gotta understand that no matter what race, what culture, there's always stupid people, and they're gonna always exist. Like we're gonna just have to accept that. Like, but if we can just, but the way to kind of change that is if you change their habits at a young age of to being like, hey, doesn't matter, we're all cool. We're all just trying to help each other. You install these, and it, it slowly but surely it gets better. So that's why I say a lot of what BLM says on the surface. I know that their their roots are are bad, and and, and, and I mean like the Marxism. Like I I don't agree with Marxism whatsoever. I, that's but I think it's technocracy what they're really pushing, in my opinion. But they're just a front team, obviously, because nobody knows where the money going. I, the one I always call out is, uh, and I've been blocked by him many times, and I got his followers mad at me, is, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sean fucking, uh, what is this stupid? Sean King. Oh, my God. I hate him the most in the world. Like, you do not know how much, like, that. Like it's just he annoys me because, like, you're making money off people, and, and you claim, and then they go, oh, well, he showed where all his receipts. I'm like, he had his own people Count like go hey yeah I'm like no you're if you want to do an audit you get a private company to audit you you don't let your friends audit you. <laughs> I mean at the end of the day this is how I look at it, and this is why I I think I've been so bold in my opinions is because everything that I've shared is because I've personally quote unquote fact checked it I've done my due diligence I've cross referenced everything I've shared all of my sources on my blog. I either experienced the racism or whatever personally. I know who I was married to. I know what I've seen with my own eyes. I know what happens. So I know for me what is true because it's my own life story. Now, people can dismiss it. People can judge. People can ridicule. That's their choice. That's fine. I'm at a place now where I no longer care to convince because I know what's true for me. And I also know what I'm trying to build. And I also know what's my priority. And I also know that I'm not trying to make a legacy or make money off of this red pilling. That's not my passion. My passion my podcast. My passion is meditation. My passion is spreading, you know, love and kindness and awareness. And I'm just, this is just part of my journey. And it's just a little stop on the road. The red pill was just a little stop on the road, you know, and it's all. To expand your mind, like just gave you that, like little more motivation and other more creativity for music. You know what I mean? It really does. It gives you more perspective. And uh, and what you said earlier was really good of where you're saying like, yeah, I don't like, not that you don't care about what people are doing. It's just like, you, you, you're right. What can you, you can't control that. Like, right. All you can control is you. And like, it's good to know what's out there. And then you can warn people at times when you feel appropriate, because sometimes you know there's people you can't tell anything. Oh, yeah. You know, you're like, hey, I'm not gonna, say, I'm not Show gonna say it to you. All the oh. evidence you want, it can be broadcasted on the mid, like on, yeah. the billboard, <laughs> and they will the cognitive dissonance will set in. It doesn't matter. So you didn't just get more frustrated, but then it's, that's your ego. And I, 
admit that I was so in my ego because all I was then, I just had tunnel vision of, you, I need to prove my point. And so when I was able to take a step back and reflect, like, Tamisha, why are you trying, what are you trying to solve here? Are you actually trying to expose the truth or are you trying to be right? And I had to be honest with myself. I'm just, I, I was trying to be right. And that's my ego. And so once you let go of that, you no longer care. And here's the beauty in that. When the moment you stop caring and you no longer try to push your point, interestingly enough, more people will then actually become attracted to your message and will check it out for themselves. And that's the thing. People awaken on their own. It's a choice. You can't wake up anyone. You can't convince anybody of your opinion. People come to that conclusion on their own. And that's why the the truth movement, red pill movement, whatever you want to call it, is so powerful and we're so divided because people come to these conclusions on their own. It's not one leader, one person. Yeah, you can call it Trump, you can call it whoever, but look at you and I. You're not even necessarily a Trump MAGA hat wearer supporter, and yet we have a lot of the same views. So what does that tell you? We've just done our own due diligence and research. And so the last thing I just want to really drive home is that the next time you buy into what you see on the television, right? And I'm sure both of our audiences don't probably buy into TV anymore. But maybe if you have, you know, parents or grandparents that still are glued into CNN, the, the question I would like for you to ask them, and this is what I'm starting to do, is are you buying into what they're telling you? Or are you buying into a personal experience you can actually relate to? And so if you can consider that for a moment, maybe you can look at it from a different perspective because if you've never actually experienced, you know, if so hypothetically, say if you are black watching this and you've never actually experienced racism by a cop, you've never experienced any kind of unfair treatment, you've never actually experienced, you know, any of the things that they are publishing, like racism being a national emergency, and you've actually never experienced that in your life in America, then maybe some critical thinking, is it actually happening. Now, if it is, then that's your life experience. But if it isn't, maybe you can consider, okay, then what's what's going on? So just kind of unplugging yourself from what CNN and the mainstream media is feeding you and literally just thinking for yourself. And that's what I mean with thinking for yourself. It means taking a step back, pausing, and considering the information that is being given to you. And I don't mean that just CNN. I mean all outlets. What I'm saying, everybody just pausing and saying, okay, I hear what this person just told me. I'm scrolling on my phone. Okay, I see what this quote just said. Pausing and really just thinking, does this resonate with me? Does this make sense? And I think we don't do that enough. We just blindly share, like, tag. And because we're in such an information overload era, we were just on autopilot. And this is something that, you know, I talked about in one of the podcast episodes. Um, one of my guests mentioned that is that back in the day, we reserved the news for the end of the day at like six o'clock. So we had our lives to live and then we would watch the news. Now, every hour, every second, something is happening. So we are so stimulated on overload with information. We don't even have a minute to just digest it. So there's just too much going on on every second of the day. And it's just it's just too much. And so I think that's another problem that we're having. It's just it's just too much. But I wanted to also quickly answer your question. I just realized I didn't do that to give you a solution. Stop idolizing people. And what I mean by that is start looking at what you can do. And that doesn't mean that you need to run for office. Not saying that. But what can you control within your own life? 
And so instead of moping and like, oh, the economy and a this and a that, okay, so what can you take charge of? Like I lost my job almost now a year ago because of this. I was in a restaurant industry, right? But instead of looking at the bad, okay, I can work on all these other projects. You know, I'm starting a new business. So what, what can you control? What can you improve? How can you adapt and how can you... How can you pivot? Uh, uh, how can you... Yeah, you have, yeah, perfect. How pivot. can you pivot? And then the last thing is, I think the biggest thing people probably recognize is that who you vote for on a local level matters. Who you vote for when it comes to your mayors and your local council people, that matters. Don't just vote for like, you know, the majors, which again, that could be, I don't know if people even think it matters, but I think on a local level, level it probably does matter. I don't think those are rigged. But don't quote me on that. I don't know. Yeah, but, well, anything could, be, yeah. <laughs> anything could but, be. Yeah, so I think just getting involved on a more local level, you could probably have a bigger impact. But, yeah, those are my, those are my thoughts. Well, I, and I think having conversations with other people, whether like-minded or not, having civil conversations, because obviously, like like you said, we you said way earlier about you know, our different experiences and some people's experiences may have be different for you. And then when they can explain it to us and then we can go, okay, well, maybe we can fix this problem. Well, why is this happening there? And we need to start looking at roots of problems instead of just saying, oh, well, let's just uh, get more uh, guns out there or let's just get more military out there. And uh, I think that'll be the, the answer or let's make more rules. Let's uh, piss more people off. Let's do things that challenge what people believe. It's like, okay, Constantly, and, 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 and what you said, local, is the perfect, the only thing that you can really fight back, because I call the presidency the rock star vote, right? You think that that's going to change everything, the American Idol vote, where you're like, oh, yeah, man, this guy's going to change the world, and you're like, no, man, what is your mayor doing? So you don't even know the laws, and you don't know what your city council is doing. They're, they're, they're making laws and making uh, restrictions to everything, code enforcements, so you can't have certain things on your property. Do they not let you collect rainwater? Like, you got to know all this stuff, and like, you know what I mean? So true, right? That is so true. And I think when you're having those conversations with people, like, I have a dear friend of mine. Um, I haven't seen him in forever, um, like in person, but we've been chatting just through like Facebook Messenger. And he's a diehard Bernie supporter, so doesn't necessarily like Biden, but of course voted for Biden. But he's a diehard Bernie supporter, and we were just going back and forth with our findings and our support. And he loves AOC as well. And uh, I, I just, and I'm like, how do you not see? And we would go back and forth, back and forth. But the beautiful thing was because we both came from just love and understanding and empathy, we would hear each other out. And at the end of every conversation, we could just say, hey, you know what? It's still all love. And like looking at that conversation, we have two people that have completely different views, like completely different views, yet we can still support and love one another as friends. And it's just so beautiful. And I have quite a few friends like that, you know, and of course, I've lost a whole bunch of friends. And they all ended the friendship with me. You know, they're like, oh, my God, you voted for who? I can't be friends with you. I cannot be with you. And at first, you know, it, I took it very personally. It hurt. I cried. But now I'm just like, you know what? That's okay. I still love them. It's okay. That's just where they're at. And that's that's fine. It's, it's, it's all good. People are going to be where they're at. Maybe they'll come around. Maybe they won't. But it's just ironic because the whole inclusion and unity, it's like, that defeats the whole purpose, you know? So it's, it's very, very interesting. 
Um, but you know, it's a journey. So. Well, on that note, because uh, for some reason Instagram only lets me do an hour, when some people get to do like four hours, it's kind of unfair. But whatever. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Can you tell everybody where they can follow? Uh, first of all, you'll find all her links. I'll have it in our bio and our link tree. And um, just tell everybody where they can find you and uh, about your podcast and your music. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I just want to say that first and foremost, I absolutely appreciate you um, and your audience and your platform. Uh, but yeah, you can follow me at Vibe Queen Music and uh, my podcast just launched on Monday. It's called Vibe Talk Awaken. If you love it, just leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We broke the top 250 in the spirituality category, which is not easy to do. So we're push to get into the top 100. So I appreciate your support. Uh, we interview guests with meditation background, uh, healing background, entrepreneurs, just anybody that has experienced an awakening. And I do solo episodes as well. So yeah. And then last but not least, I also make meditation music. So you can hear it on all streaming platforms. Just search for Vibe Queen. That's it. Well, thanks for coming on. And you know how we do it here, guys. Wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up. <laughs> Love that. <laughs>